Philadelphia. I'm Joel Embiid. Like, I want the ball. You can use John with anything. You could be like, yo, hey, them Johns is hot. Them, your shoes, you know what I'm saying? So it can mean anything. Welcome to this week's edition of the Fly Zone. I am your host, Deshaun the Connect Carter, and I'm joined with Candace R. McLean. Candace R. McLean. We are the Fly Zone, Philly centric podcast, talking Philly everything done to sports and social events. You can follow us on all social media platforms. On Instagram, we are at the.flyzone. On Twitter, we are at the Fly Zone. Tap in with us. How you feeling this week, Ken? How you feeling? Listen. We about to get these superpowers on the twenty first, so I'm great. <laughs> like I ain't getting no powers. <laughs> they said, they no said, they said, they said, black people getting superpowers on the twenty first December. That's what I got. This you didn't see this. You didn't see this whole thing on the social media this week. No, I see shit about superpowers. No, listen, we black people about to get allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> gotta, from this back thing. Gotta, gotta put, no. What the so fuck? so on the twenty first, it's like Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah, yeah, Jupiter and Saturn are aligning. There's a whole met chart. And they're aligning together. And on the 21st, it's going to form. They're going to they're gonna block each other. So it's going to be like a powerful, bright light. So yeah. it's, it's happens once every eight, 795 years, some shit like that. So it hasn't happened in, in almost 800 years, right? And so it's going to be called the Christmas star because that's when it happens around that time. Okay. And it said something to do with the black ancestral calendar, something about our melanin. This is what the conspiracy theories are, that we are going to get we are going to be super negroed. <laughs> oh, shit. And our DNA, our melanin DNA is going to just, like, be on some Dragon Ball Z Goku. Like, where we just illuminate or something. <laughs> and we get a superpower. So everybody on Twitter has been like, for black people, like, what's your superpower going to be? And then people just Yo. been messing around, like. So, apparently. That's, that that's crazy, because I was actually just, I just finished that show called The Boys. Mm -hmm. Superheroes. Yeah. yeah, I told you that I will never say the world. It ain't worth it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like for what? What am I doing? So December twenty first. That's I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to super negro up. Listen, I ain't, I ain't mad at you. I, look, I might not be against that. I might not Vegeta, be against that. Yeah, I could I could use some superhero powers. I I got some things I need to do. Oh, I, by the way, I saw another fallen soldier this week. Who? Uh, PPA then towed to my car. So when I went to the dentist. <laughs> I went to the dentist on this is Tuesday. What's today? Thursday. I went to the dentist yesterday. I don't know what day it is. Twenty twenty. I'm like it's yesterday. Actually, it was like Tuesday. Like right. no, nigga, like, like a day ago. So that's twenty twenty. Apparently, you can't park on like Walnut Street downtown, but after ten before ten a.m. You can't park downtown on the street before ten a.m. They want you. To, they, this is a scam. They want you to pay for parking in their parking garages. So, like on certain serious? side streets, yeah, new. I never heard of this. They have signs. Maybe certain some some side streets you can, but all down Walnut, Chestnut, all that in the area of City Hall is ten a.m. or bus. Of course, what I have a nine thirty appointment. Shoot me. So, <laughs> I'm riding around, and I'm thinking maybe I can park here. I see a bunch of cars parked here, and so I go to the meter to see like what zone I am to pay on the meter up at. And a nice PPA man who was towing somebody's, who had his, he had a PPA tow truck out, and he put my car on there. He said, I'm going to tell you right now, you can't park here at 10 a.m. You see this guy's car. I'm helping you out here because you don't want to be him. I'm, I'm coming back in 15 minutes. So I said, you know what? You know what, bro? <laughs> you, know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what, brother? Let me get, <laughs> let me get my shit and get and let me get yeah. So another fallen soldier. If you listen to this, like please, your car has been towed. So uh, you can't you park downtown before ten a.m. Y'all, y'all heard it here on the fly zone. We telling y'all now, so don't act like y'all don't know. Y'all come outside to your car, either going or with a ticket. And it was people parking down there too. They they didn't read the, the new sign, so I'm just like, oh. So is this just Walnut Street or downtown? Period. It was well. I'm listen, brother. I rode in a circle for 25 minutes. My appointment was at 9:30. I got there at 8:45. I finally gave up and paid for a parking garage because I said I can't do this no more. So it's that it's it's Chestnut, it's Walnut, it's Mark, it's, it's down, it's, it's around that city hall area. I, my dentist is at 16th and Walnut. That whole Rittenhouse Square area, blocks down there, all of that. You cannot park before 10 o'clock in the morning on the street. Yo, that is crazy. I never knew that. I'm there, but you know what? When the last time I went downtown for a doctor's appointment was probably like two months ago. I think I caught a lift down there. I don't even drive downtown anyway. I feel sorry to P hear from you. Shop, PPA, they saved me, but also we getting the superpowers. Speaking of transactions, though, the Sixers actually finalized a transaction to get Danny Green, the kid Ferguson. Al Horford's gone. Al Horford is gone. And his family. We also acquired a 27-year-old French center, uh, Vincent Poirier. I hope I'm saying his name right. Who you we are. Hey, I'm a smart guy. 
Philly Pub, you know what I'm saying? Gretz. <laughs> we acquired him from Boston. He was sent to OKC in the Horford deal. It was rumored from the French reporter, the French outlet on November we'll 26th that... Let's see you get this one. <laughs> the French outlet is called Equipe. L'Equipe. L'Equipe. I was close. But no, they reported on the 26th that Poirier could be heading to Philly, but there were no other confirmations since then. We're confirming here first on the fly zone that he is here. Yeah, who will be who will be cut in any day now. <laughs> yeah, he's probably because what are you gonna do with him now? Because you got you got you got so many people. You got Tony Bradley, you yeah, got center depth. Like you, you didn't, got center you, depth. Yeah, you got Dwight, you signed Dwight, enjoy, Tony Bradley traded for him. Enjoy the blue coats, brother. Or yeah. go back to France. Or yeah, you can find your way back to Boston. <laughs> but no, I only and I only said that because I'm not a fan of Boston. But Boston is like our rivals and they've climbed their heart, they've climbed their way into my heart. We we'll the, play them next week, preseason. Tuesday, next Tuesday. Yep, mm-hmm. they, they have a seat right underneath the Cowboys, so they're that's pretty that's pretty close. Yeah, like you said, Ken, he's probably he's not going to be here. Yeah, he's not going to be here. He's not going to be. I'm <laughs> not even sure why they even agreed to bring him here. They should let that kid go somewhere else. But speaking of the Sixers, training camp did start. We weren't able to. I was look. I don't know if you were looking for him, Ken, but I was looking for Maxi. I wanted to see Maxi. And them training camp videos. He had working COVID. Out. I know. I learned that today. Actually, he had COVID. <laughs> Him and Mike Scott had COVID, so he was uh, he he's, he was cleared today. So he was in uh, practice, and he was uh, doing his interviews today. It also been interviewing Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers on teams playing help defense on Embiid or Simmons with shooters on the perimeter. Doc Rivers had this to say: "Go help! I dare you. This is Seth Curry. This is Furkan. This is Shake. This is Tobias. <laughs> Be my guest." <laughs> Oh, go help. <laughs> sound like Nino Brown out here. We got killers. Super confident. <laughs> Super confident. He okay. had me at Seth. He had me at Seth and was like, all right, yeah. I mean, he's second all time. When you talking about this is Furcon. <laughs> he should have stopped that Seth. He should have stopped that Seth. I ain't going to lie. And, and now, I mean, so, and this doesn't mean I don't, I don't have confidence in these other guys. It just means that they haven't shown me enough. They haven't shown me anything. I had to see it. No, first. we, we, no, we've, seen enough. Yeah, we've seen enough. Yeah, we've seen enough. We've seen enough from Furcon to me. Furcon ceiling is realized. Furcon is a guy. His ceiling is realized. He will be always be a streaky shooter. He said he has some more muscle. He got some more muscle mass. He'll always be defensive liability. But his, if we're talking about because he's talking about people who are just going to be like they're soaking wet shots, like dripping. And Furcon will never be that dude. It will never be a person where like. You know when Steph or Clay or somebody shoots it, you just like, oh, you know it's going, it's going. Pop yeah, going in. I'm surprised when, when person, it doesn't go in. Yeah, he's never been that person that's like, I automatically think it's probably going in. It's going like, oh, let's just see. Let me yeah, squeeze exactly. the, let me squeeze the rim and see if it's going in. It I will happens. never be that. So um, he should just kept it that this is Seth. I don't got too much. Um, to, I I feel like I, I like Shake. I like Shake, but he just got to show me more. It's so wild. He didn't mention Danny Green, right? Like, no, he never mentioned Danny Green. <laughs> If he just had Seth and Danny Green, then I'd have been cool. But when he started talking about Tobias and Furk, not even Tobias, Tobias not even Furkan. a shooter. Tobias not even a shooter. He's a scorer when he's that good. But he's not a shooter. Exactly. He can run. He can have him and Embiid. They can run back. Okay? And beat in shape. And beat in shape. That's what they're saying. <laughs> and beat in shape. What, what oh. Embiid talking about? He's talking about his conditioning. Embiid had this to say about his conditioning. This summer is where I really tried to focus on it. I got a chef, massage therapist, and a bunch of personal a bunch, a bunch of personal aides. I want to play in Philadelphia for twenty years. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so. This is where I, I, do I'm you, gonna... do you believe this guy? Do you believe he's actually taking this game seriously? So I got I got uh, a record player, like a vinyl record player, in my bedroom right now. I'm gonna yeah. go break break a record because that's what he sounds like. A broken, a broken record. You say this every year. I will say, last year he told us how he was in shape, but he gave us a picture of his abs like he was T.O. doing sit-ups. And he showed, he did all this stuff, and then we got he got back in here, and we he couldn't even run. I will say, I do agree that he's in the best shape of his life, because Doc and everybody else in the, who's been working out has said that when they've been doing breaks, he's been running strap for strap with Simmons on the breaks. And Doc said because Maxi and because Mike Scott and people had COVID, we don't have extra camp bodies. So he was like, and B's been running a lot more because of the, the minutes because we don't have anybody else to put in besides yeah. Henry White. Right, yeah. So and then Tony Bradley deal just got finalized this week. So he was like, right. and Bede has played a volume of crazy minutes in practice, and he's never once asked me to come out. So I will say he's in the best shape of his life. Where does that get us? I have no idea. Does it does the best shape and B get you to 10 three pointers a game? I don't know. 
But see, he, I don't think he's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be shooting that many threes anymore. I think. I, don't, uh, uh, I think it's a show, man. I think if, it's a show. If we can he get uh, in shape and be, I think the ceiling is unlimited. You, I don't know what you don't know what you're gonna get. Uh, in uh, in shape and be, I don't think we've ever seen that guy. You told Tony Bradley when he was playing it this week. He was like, because Tony Bradley was kind of like not doing anything offensively against him. He was kind of saying, you know, you you pretty much like giving up playing against me defensively. So he told him. He said, you know, you need to come at me with some offense. Like, this is not like with your old practices. I'm not Rudy Gobert. That's what he so said. He heard, yeah. <laughs> so he, he heard talking trash, man. He's like, I'm not Rudy Gobert who just had defense and no offense. Like, you better do something. <laughs> you better come you need to give correct, me, You got to give me some looks. <laughs> so he's like, this, he's like, this ain't Rudy Gobert. Um, and so I love and be talking trash is always a good Embiid. And he said this in the press conference. So he, I guess the sound clip for Rudy Gobert to just live and die with, I guess, <laughs> because he doesn't, he clearly doesn't care. I about to say, Rudy, don't even, don't even respond to that, Rudy. You have no. Rudy option. can't. Third time play. We have the Jazz. They are. We are in their heads. The Donovan Mitchell thing and Rudy Gobert. We are in their heads. They can never beat us. They yeah, can no. never beat us. No, that's why I, I said don't even what? respond. Don't even respond. They have no offense. Well, he has no offense. Don't even respond. I, I, I appreciate a cocky and beat. It only works with Embiid doing Embiid. That's why we're talking about double team. When Doc was talking about double teaming Embiid, people collapsing on him. Yeah. And so he, he is the engine of our off. He's the engine of this team. He has to be elite for this team to have elite goals and, and match them. We cannot be an elite team without him being elite. I feel yeah. like we not won a championship without him going next level. If he's in shape, he's running the floor. I saw, oh, it was beautiful. They did some video on the Sixers today. They ran a give and go with him and Seth, oh, and I he gave it. it to Seth, and then he lobbed it for him. Beat. I saw my I God. It. I seen it. I seen it. I seen it. I almost fell up like, my chair. I said, "Oh my goodness!" The literal plays we wanted to run, but yes. you know he, he will not be named. Didn't run them. Why would you not? Yo, like, we got an actual coach, man. We got it was a coach. Effortless. How he just laid it up for the rim for him. Beat. I said, "Oh my God!" Yes, and it should be that easy every time. <laughs> every it time be that easy every time. They make it so hard. They they let they they got him. Like you said, they got him out on the perimeter way too much. He's taking mm-hmm. a bunch of jump shots. Yo, they can't guard you in the paint. And bro. I was so annoyed watching the uh, Lakers in the finals because it was so easy for Anthony Davis when LeBron just laughed it up. I'm like, we could do that. We have we have that talent. It's not about oh, we need to get it. We have a guy more talented raw than than Anthony Davis. Yeah. And then I see him in practice. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> this happening. It's all we've been waiting for. It's all and look Tuesday. It's Tuesday. It'll be here Tuesday. I'm actually excited, more excited about this game because I know I'm get to see a lot of the young guys play. But you, yeah, because you know they ain't not gonna play a lot of minutes. Yeah, no. Start. Yeah, not. Of course not. I'd be surprised if Embiid even plays. Isaiah Joe, thirty five points. <laughs> <laughs> you calling it? <laughs> you calling it? Thirty five. Listen, Maxi, my man Maxi gonna have twenty and ten. Do him dirty. Doc Rivers was asked a question. What kind of offensive role he envisions for Ben Simmons? I thought his quote was uh, really interesting. And it goes as follows. Just being a terror, playing, going downhill, making guys guard, guard you, being aggressive, being a facilitator in transition. We want to open the, we want to open the floor. We want to open the floor and get the ball to Ben. Tell him to go make something happen. Rivers, Rivers describes Simmons' performance in Monday's practices off the charts. When Ben has the ball, he's very effective in open space. I think we all know that, right? Ben, <clears throat> when Ben doesn't have the ball, we have to make someone guard him every single time. That means his cuts, his flashes, his he's setting picks. He was so active today. It was amazing. Today, Joel had four or five post-ups where Ben got a dunk or someone got a three because we have to work we have to work because we have to work against traps on Joel every day. So Ben's going to have fun this year. Do you think Ben actually takes that step this year to be like that next level all-star or all NBA player? Yes. <laughs> Are you sure? Because you got to think about as a Kardashian going to call him and all sort of stuff going on. But does he, what we're trying to run, we just described these traps, these give and goes, these pick and roll with Simmons. He's going to have a, he's going to be a walking triple double to me. Rebounds, assists, and points. Yeah. So when you talk about, you have a coach talking about somebody being a terror, being a nightmare for somebody, and he wants to run it offense through him. He's saying he's easy buckets, him and Joel are getting playing off each other. There's no reality where you can't. If you're out there walking up, if you're if you're averaging triple double, if you already were all defensive player before you got a great coach, there's no reason for regression. 
there's no reason to become less. He was third team all NBA this year, all NBA defensive player, an all star. You don't go down once you get smart coaching. You you accelerate. And I think he actually has the tools around him and Septon, I guess Danny, to <laughs> to do what he every week. Um <laughs> to finally, you know, put it together. I think it's similar to when not to get it to that other team, the Eagles, but when you saw talent oh, around goodness. the quarterback, when you saw a talent, when you put talent around him, he was a all MVP caliber court person, right? Yeah. When you get the talent around Ben Simmons, the ta- same ta- talent around him, they're they're going to flourish because they don't have to sit there and rely on Mike Scott to do his job anymore. Yeah. I think that I think that he has I think this is probably his best year yet. I think this is his best mm-hmm. year yet. I think that in the previous years, I think we have seen, especially last year, we definitely seen him take strides. But we haven't well, I haven't seen anything like change tremendously in his game. And I think this is the year we see that. I think this is the year we see him be like aggressive consistently it's like certain nights he would be aggressive or a half mm-hmm. he would be aggressive i think we're going to finally see that consistently and not even just because of the coach a lot of times i say i think it's going to be doc but i think it's just the the, the roster we have the roster mm-hmm. we have with the players and i think that we got some guys that's actually going to work that's going to push each other by not maybe not by words or somebody stepping up verbally but just by actions just by actions i heard tobias say that when you step when you come in the gym now it's a different feeling it's kind of like a mm-hmm. serious feel like, you know, mind, like, they all talk about a mindset shift. They all talk about the seriousness, the mindset shift that's going on. And we listen to men's press conferences. He sounds really he's he was completely open and honest. He said there was no accountability on this team. He said, including with myself. Mm-hmm. They have talked about it. I'm sure getting watching his team get swept, having a good year, but watching his team get swept did not did not help him. I think it fueled his fire for his I think he has come in with the mentality of this is my year to do it. He yeah. said he said the right thing. He said, me and Joel both understand it's very rare to be young, this young and together. You look at even look at the dynamic duels in the NBA. You look at like LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's a massive age gap. Yeah, it is. They're both young on the same team together. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're so prompt. he said they recognize how rare it is to be in their twenty or their early twenties, mid twenties and together. So we gotta make something happen. Yeah. I, I, and and they could that could be pressure, but I think they're in a situation now where it's like they should be mature enough to be able to yeah. handle that. Yeah. And they got, and they have an ex. He talked about how he's talk, been talking to Sam Cassell. There's a, there's a way better support system in the front office and the coaching staff this year than ever before. And it's, I think that's why, that's why this is such like so refreshing. I think it's because we, even as fans, we recognize and we knew like, yo, something's off over there. Like, it's, something's not mm-hmm. right. And it, and it just felt like it was like, just you just kept falling into like this dark hole because it never seemed like anybody took it serious serious enough to change it, like to make some real actual change. It was like everybody just year after year. It was too much like a circus, and it was like you said, it was no accountability. I, it's just such, it's just such a refreshing feeling to actually had it now in the city. One thing I'm not loving is uh. Uh, <laughs> the team across across the um the parking lot, not even across the street. Put some bleach in my cup. Listen, I'm drinking ammonia right now. <laughs> The Eagles had a game last Sunday. Played the Packers. If you don't know, if you didn't know, I wouldn't even be mad at you. Right. They lost thirty to sixteen. Carson was he was six for fifteen for seventy nine yards, zero touchdowns, zero turnovers. I guess that's good for him. Uh, Miles Sanders had ten total touches for thirty one yards. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Howard, who was brought up from the practice squad this week, had four carries for nineteen yards. Dallas Goddard had five receptions for sixty six yards. Jalen Rager one reception for thirty four yards. And it's 73-yard punt return for a touchdown. Shout out to Jalen Rager. I'm, I'm glad he had some shine this week. Finally, something. Something. Uh, Jalen Hurts actually entered the game this week in the third quarter when the score was 20-3. to He was 5 for 12 for 109 yards, a touchdown and an interception, which I will say wasn't his fault. Uh, he also had <laughs> five rushes for 29 yards. <laughs> an average. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll get to that, but I don't agree at all. It was definitely a swap. Okay. His arm got hit. But whatever, like we'll get what? to that. We'll get to that. Hurts average nine yards per play. Carson Wentz has an average nine yards per play. I didn't play. have enough money in my bank account, so I got overdrafted. Because you, 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 put yeah. some money in your fucking account. The <laughs> bank should have some overdraft protection. Your arm got going for it. The bank should have some overdraft protection. I didn't have enough money in my account, and then I tried to buy something, and then I didn't want to decline. Really? Like, it's, you, you did that, right? Listen. The, it's the called a blitz. Overdraft protection. Go for it. Give me the Jalen Hurts stats. I'm sorry. Keep going, man. <laughs> 
So no, Jalen Hurts he averaged nine yards per play. Carson hasn't averaged nine yards or on an attempt in thirty three games. Once is not told. Once was not told Hurts was coming in for the game. He only told him he was coming in for a play or a series. Correct. Woo! That's hot stuff right there. So what's your thoughts <laughs> on the game? What's your thoughts on the game before um, we get into uh, my main was, man Jalen Hurts? Uh, uh, I was happy to see the young guys like Rager show off some kind of semblance of skill because we kept doing the same bubble screams that weren't working with him. We tried to do the end of rounds that we used to run for Aguilar that didn't work. I'm happy that he was finally able to show off his playmaking ability, even though it was a punt return and everything else. I have no idea what the hell we're doing with Alshon Jeffrey. I have no idea why he's still coming to field or a Fulgham. I have no idea why he's still on the fucking team. I have no idea why Jordan Howard got so many rushes off a of practice squad. He just got here. I have no idea why Miles Sanders got 10 touches when he was his second league in, in averages. That's still disgusting to me. And I, maybe, you know, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think variables in my head. While, while Miles Sanders is being blacklisted, like, uh, we were, to me, the score is, uh, once again, another score in which it's, BS. We were never in the game. We were out coached the whole game. We were outplayed the whole game. The punt return made it interesting, but we never were in that game. We got we got dismantled from the beginning to end. We never were in it, no matter who was at play or at quarterback. That it, it, it was we were never in that game. We was never in that game. I just need people to understand that just like the Browns game and everything else. We I just watched the predictable offense being called, predictable everything being called, and it was just I wish I would hope it was over so I can. Do something else, like Sarah yeah. Wall. Seriously. Well, what, uh, yeah, as seriously. far as everything else, as far as, I, th- you know, Slate got hurt in that game. I, to me, like, that's Devontae, that's Devontae Adams. I, yeah, well, this, once is, again, this fight the week before against Metcalf. Yeah. It's like, you know, he did a great job. He did a great job. Not once mad again, Devontae Max is a damn bum. Once again, yeah. Jake Elliott is a damn bum. That's all yeah. I got to say. I mean, those are facts. Though. We, those are things we already know. This, the that's thing that makes me the most upset about the game is that it's literally the same thing every week. I can see every if, week. if it's like, okay, this is not working. Let's try this. Okay, that's not working. Well, let's try it this way. He's not trying anything else. Yeah. He had it has the there same hasn't been a plays. There hasn't been a game where it's been like run dominant. And the run actually works. The run mm-hmm. actually works when you run the ball. So it's, even with the backups. I, and I just don't that's that's what I don't understand. I don't understand is that why are you doing and that's why last episode I said it's I've never said yet Doug needs to leave, but he's not doing anything different. And I really think it's an ego thing because yeah. uh, that's your job to adjust. That is literally your job. If something isn't working, if you're getting gassed on the play or what you drew up isn't isn't working out, isn't planning out, you got a plan B. You got to adjust. That's part of coaching. He's not he, doing he, that. He has gotten out coached every game this year. Yes, even the game he won. So it's like if, if you're being out coached, a quarterback is only going to have but so much success. If you're being out coached week to week to week to week to week, which also was leads me to my next question. How do you feel about Carson being benched? Um so Rite Aid has uh four for <laughs> how do you feel about Carson? Four for four uh dish detergent sale. Um y'all should that's how I feel about it. It's so inconsequential to me that it's equivalent to the Rite Aid dish detergent sale. I could care less. And I said this on Twitter. I don't care. People want to argue about the quarterback situation. I'm not here to argue. Before they announce who was going to start and not going to start, you know, we'll get into that. I'm not going to argue about who's going to help, but who's going to lose on Sunday. Which quarterback is going to – the the team sucks. The offensive line sucks. The coaching sucks. They're, we're putting the wrong receivers out there. We're putting the wrong – the running game is not involved. So I don't – I kick when he got benched, I was like – all I had a reaction of, how does this work for the franchise with Carson? You're going to go back to Carson the contract. But I asked you, did I get excited by it? Hell no. Carson does junkyards touchdowns every week too. This is not for, – from a team outlook, it changes nothing. He literally did the same thing that we offensively do. We did it against the Giants. We did it against the Browns. All we do is get junk yardage touchdowns because people are up on our bonds because we're getting outcoached for a whole half. And then we're a whole game, actually. And then people sit in prevent, and Carson goes, he goes for two touchdowns or or gets the Steelers, against the Ravens, against the Giants. It's the same bullshit. It is. We have the the only thing that we had the punt return that made it interesting, but we were never in it. So then after the punt return, what did they do? They played their actual defense, they brought the blitz, and he threw a pick. And so my thing is nothing to do with him because you're supposed to. You're this is your, you didn't have a preseason. I'm not trashing this kid. You had no preseason. That's a good solid defense. I, I don't care about that pick because I don't care about 
the, I don't care about any of it. It doesn't yeah. change our outlook on the season. Doug is not going to miraculously be a better play caller because he has a mobile, a more mobile quarterback. Sean Jeffrey is still going to suck. Yeah. The offensive line is still going to suck. He's still going to want to pass the ball. So it was more or less to me. I when it happened, I said, "Okay." Did I sit there and, and pat my chest and say, "We're going to win the We're going to win the ball game now." I'm like, "Fuck no!" It, it, it was just it was a desperation move by a coach who knows he's in a hot seat. That's how I took it. Yeah. I, I me mean, personally, I think it was a game too late. I think that I think that Carson wasn't playing bad enough. I, I know he wasn't playing, and he's even said he, he benched him because he wanted to get a different get a spark into the offense, which is cool. But I don't think Carson was the problem. I don't think Carson was even playing bad enough to come out the game. I don't think Carson was the problem this week. It, it, it was him. I wish somebody could come down and say we're going to swap coaches. Yeah, Today, it was a play let, call. We're going to let Deuce coach this week. I wish we could do that because ten touches to your running back, bro. Ten, exactly. You're, you're the way you're calling the game. I can literally sit on my couch and call out if it's going to be a run or a pass. I can yep. literally sit on my couch and call out if it's going to be a screen or the play is going to go upfield. I can literally yep. do that from my couch. Just I don't watch any tape. I don't do any of that. I watch them play every week Sunday, and I can make do. And I can and I can do that. So yep. if you don't think these coaches who who do this for a living who are getting paid millions of dollars to do this, if they're on, you don't think they're going to be on your ass? I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't know what the coaching staff is thinking about, but I think it was a game too late. I do agree with with them, with the offense needing a spark. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I, and no shade to Jalen. I'm a Jalen fan. I like Jalen. I'm a, yeah, I'm a, a good kid. Yeah, I like Jalen. But not saying that it's like, it's nothing against him, but it, you could have been Nate Suffolk and he probably would have gave him a spark. Like it, yeah, so because it, it was just really it was going him. nowhere. Yeah, it was going nothing's working. Nothing's working, and it's not Carson. It, I'm not saying Carson is. Yeah, he's playing like, bad. We're not. We're, he's having an off year for sure. We're, but, we're not Carson apologists. He's having. He's playing hard. He's playing bad. But it's he's just like right we recognize the team across the board due to coaching is bad, and so it it's not significant to try to. If my engine sucks, but I got a new headlight bulb, but my engine is done. What the fuck does that matter? <laughs> you got you got a new headlight. It literally you going nowhere. Nothing. You're not going nowhere. <laughs> and so it's kind of like our coach, who was who was the architect, who was the type of right, who was our engine of our team, who's calling the plays. We're not going anywhere. It doesn't matter. People are dropping passes. I think the third down. I mean, the first series was all three straight passes, right? Yeah. Dumb as hell. It ended because he tried to throw it to. The flat and Miles Sanders fell down, fucked down, right? They get the ball again. It's third down. And he tries to hit Boston Scott on that wheel route. And it was a perfectly thrown ball. It just didn't work. Yeah. And so these were our these were our little pockets of offensive possessions. These are these are not bad throws or bad decisions. This is literally like execution and play call and everything else. People are not open. They show how many area views did you see in that game of people just not open? Then you have bombs like Alshon Jeffrey falling down. Did the team respond? No. Jalen Rager made a great play, which was his punt return. That's the special teams play. Yeah. And he had that that catch from Hertz. What do you think that do you think that Doug should have been honest with him about about benching him? Or do you think I it think make Doug it is a bitch? Damn, <laughs> damn, damn. That was that's, think, uh, damn. Okay. I think as we and we'll go into it. I think this just shows out. There's no respect for Doug here because you knew you was going to keep him in there. I'm not here to coddle. Like, there's a lot of people like, oh, like Carson's feelings this week. I'm not even about the feelings. Like, if you are my head coach, you come to me as a quarterback. You come to me as a man. And say, listen, we're going to put Jalen in. You don't tell me he's coming in for one play. Yeah. And then Carson said after the game, we we still haven't talked about it. Carson was like, I haven't talked to Doug at all about it. No. You tell yeah. me he's coming in for one play, then you dis- then you just go off, and then I, then the game's over, and then you just walk somewhere else, and we haven't talked about it. That is, that's that's no know, respect. What's crazy is I knew that that happened before it even came out because when Carson was on the bench, he still had his helmet on as if he was yeah. coming back mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. So I knew I'm like, why is Carson still wearing? Oh, he must be coming back in, and he never came back in the game. So I knew I knew Doug didn't tell him. I knew he didn't tell him. That's exactly how you, you you you. I'm not saying he has. That's exactly how you can lose your locker room. Cause you, yeah. it's gotta, it's gotta be. I got at the end of the day, before anything, we can disagree. But I gotta be able to know that I can that you're gonna respect me, and I'm gonna respect you. We're gonna be honest with each other. Yeah. Don't you can't tell me, oh, take the playoff, and I'm never seeing the field again for the rest of the day. You right. lost my respect. I actually, that's right. actually happened to me before. My, I was, <laughs> I was the, I was a starting cornerback, and I was the second string running back. The previous game, I guess the line wasn't blocking, and the our running back refused to go in the back, refused to go in the game. Literally, no, I'm not going back in. So I had to finish out the half. The next week, my coach told me, "You're starting this week. You can't refuse to go in the game. You're starting, Sean. Cool, coach. We go to practice. He calls first team offense. 
Of course, I run out there. Uh, uh, Carter, you and me. What? <laughs> I was pissed, and I literally, lo- I literally lost respect for my coach because you can't. Yeah. You told he literally t- stood to you my face me. and told me you're starting this week. Now, what I probably should have done was went to the running back and told him, like, you know, I'm starting this week, right? So he went <laughs> to the coach, and I guess it was crying about it, and the coach ended up siding with him, and, and and he let him start the next week. But I, I know how that is, and that's exactly how you lose a locker room. Yep. All right, I, I can't get behind it at all. So no, I completely disagree with Doug yeah. not being honest with him. Because and when, when you do that, I kind of you feel like you make it like a controversy. So now it's like a controversy thing. Mm-hmm. It's something else to talk about. Yeah, it's something else. As soon as Carson said, I'm talking to Doug, it became, oh my, ain't Dr. Doug. Like, what's going on there? Exactly. Like, As you all probably know, uh, the Eagles finally announced that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter this week. They announced it on Tuesday. He's going to be the starter against the conference leading Saints, who also has their number one ranking defense in the NFL. Uh, so our rookie quarterback is going to have a super task on his hand. A couple players actually made comments. Fletcher Cox stated that uh, Carson's my best friend on his team. I've had his back since day one. It sucks for a guy like Carson to be put in this position. <clears throat> it's never just one guy. My tweet my tweet is my tweet, and I stand by it. That's Fletcher Cox. What you think about Fletcher's uh, comment? He's right. <laughs> like, I told, like I said to you, this whole team, to me, I, I can't separate Carson Wentz from the trash. That's the whole team is trash. So all these players coming out. Pretty much in support of Carson and support and look pretty much confused about the decision. Like they are across the board suck. Yeah. Any person who thinks that it's just a quarterback that's the problem, you need to go at Stevie One Division. That's a common sense. Because you can't because you can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> so seriously. I just we were go- like it's just we're gonna lose with them, we're gonna lose without them. You think a team that's not playing together who's being poorly co- coached before is gonna look look crazy on the field? How do you think they're gonna play on Sunday when they don't agree with when it's the locker room is kind of like it is what it is and half of them are mentally in Cancun now knowing you pretty much gave up on the season well the season's over anyway yeah. but like yeah. in a sense of in a sense of like you just out here just winging stuff and evaluating people you're done you're talking about four hundred five hundred yards on Sunday yo dead serious <laughs> dead serious but uh I think I thought I thought it was thorough for uh Flesh to make that comment I thought it was thorough to say you know I thought it was cool I don't I don't, I don't know I. I feel like the team still wants Carson to be the leader. And I think that's what matters most because if the team sees, sees that, I mean, if the, if the, if the owner sees that and the GM sees that, I think that, cause I don't personally, I don't want Carson to leave. I don't want Carson to leave. I'm not, I'm not ready to ship Carson out of here. I'm not giving up on Carson just yet. So I think that if the, if ownership sees that the team is still backing Carson, they're still behind him and he still has the locker room, even though the coach might not, I think that says something and that means something. Yeah. Jason Kelsey also made a, a statement as well, and he said, this is ultimately ultimately a culmination of a lot of flares on offense. This comes down to more of a flare of every position, including coaches, to facilitate a functioning offense. That's the biggest story here. Not that Jalen Hurts is picked there, picked and there was some, some sort of internal battle and struggle going on with Carson Wentz. I don't buy that. You feel bad. He's the sole one taking, taking the hit right now. Obviously, the entire offensive line, running backs, receivers, coaches, you aren't this bad or useless. Everybody shares the blame in this whole thing. And I, I thought that was the realest comment, statement, quote that we've heard yep. all year. Because to me, yep. that's kind of like he's calling everybody out. Like, man, it's everybody. And he even said the coach, even the coaches. Like, everybody. Coaches, yeah, it's everybody. We all letting each other down. Like, the line needs to play better. Running backs, receivers, coaching. coaches. Like, every, like, step up. Everybody just step up. But it starts with coaching. It starts there. And I'm glad he said that. And it's important in the, the, the line that goes, including coaches to facilitate a functioning offense. Because yes. he knows. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's all, it's the realest, it's the know, realest, the realest quote. Y'all, you did not put us in position to succeed. He's talking to the, you did not, you did not call plays or involve pers- the right personnel for us to su- succeed. You gave us, if you're saying you don't give a functional offense, you gave us a dysfunctional offense. And it's important you tell the coaches that I think what y'all calling is BS. I think the plays running are BS. I think the personnel packages are BS, and you don't know what the hell you're doing. They don't, and it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, we're out here winging it. We're out here winging it. Like they're yes. just doing it week to week. They have no idea. What they has no pl- There's no plan, including personnel. There's no plan. Yes, I 100 percent agree. We had Jordan Howard, who wasn't on the team ten days ago, take half the carries in the game. We we have no idea. We're, they have no idea what they're doing. We have no identity. Nope. We have no identity. This team is known for doing nothing. We don't do anything well. There's nothing you can say like, well, their go-to is this. We know they're going to – if you're playing the Eagles, you know you're going to, they're going to run this. You know they're going to do this. We have no identity. They're, where do you think their first change should be? 
I told you this last week. How? So you think it all starts with Howie? Let Howie go. Absolutely. So, so, do you, so you bring back Doug for another season? The first move is Howie Roseman. We'll see what happens when we get there. Like I, like I said, if I got a broken car, fix the engine and we'll talk. We'll worry about, worry about the tires or anything else later. <laughs> but that got to start. Yeah. So he has to go. Period. That's I it. Think, I think if Howie goes, they, they, they blow the team up. We start from scratch, sir. They need to. Yeah, good. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. I yeah, I think that's what they should do. You better have a top five pick and we ain't time to blow it. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. God forbid we get there. I think God forbid we get the Trevor Lawrence pick. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) There will be so so much chaos. (laughs) Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that, y'all? Books Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. Oh my God. Could you imagine that? That would be oh my god. Yo, I don't even think I would watch. I, I, I just I can't even deal with it. It's too much. So what what makes all this tricky is so Jalen Hart's is starting this week. So if they could if they commit to Carson for 2021, he's locked in for 25 million against the cap. If they trade him now, it's completely off the books for 2022, and they'll have 81 million in the cap, in cap space. That's a lot of cheese. That's all I'm gonna say. That's a lot of cheese. So are you are I you think, done with Carson? I think this is no, listen. Not 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 for state, like not the no. player. I mean, like, do, do you the, think he's done in Philly? Yes. I think okay. it's irreparable at this point. Okay. I think it's irreparable. You can't go. No. I, I don't know how. I don't know how Carson wants to come back here. I don't know how with the front office it would even work. This so is utter th- bullshit. You think he'll end up requesting a trade or do you think I just he. Think it's, I think it's not. It's not it's irreparable. It's not. You can't fix it. What they did. What they decided to do. You just can't fix it. There's no way. There was somebody who came to me and said, is there a possibility that, that they're actually protecting their investment in Carson? They know the offensive line is trash. And what they're saying is we had no Jalen Hurts preseason. So we need to see we have Jalen Hurts so he's so we can see he's a viable backup next year because Nate Suffield's gone. And we could possibly trade Hurts. And we're really about trying to protect Carson. Then we come back with a retooled offensive line with Dillard and Brooks. We're not going they're pretty much saying we didn't pay $129 million for a guy to have watched him get sacked five times a game. Why would we keep doing that? Protect our investment. Put Jalen Hurts out there as a crash test dummy. If he looks good, we can trade him. And we or we just know he's a viable backup for Nate Sutfield. But we're always gonna go back to Carson. And I said, Do you think Carson wants to hear that? No. Do you think you can come to Carson with how many weeks left in the season and say, we're actually doing it for you. It's like somebody breaking up with you saying it's not you, it's me, or some whatever, some BS. Right, yeah. like, it's not your yeah, fault, like, it's mine. Like I, so even that's, that's the best they can come up with. That's the best logic I heard for this, right? But there's no way you swallow as Carson wants. There's no way. You under you undercut me. And you don't and you devalued me from tr- drafting this dude to begin with. It's been a it's been t- chopping at my knees the entire time I've been here. Nick Foles paying him that all that money to be a backup. Then you then you come in there and then Nick Nick is gone after you build a statue of this dude. No 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 <laughs> negative thing. But you build it's outside the stadium. I had to draw passes in my car every day. Yeah. Do you dress him out of the second round? And I could use Jeremy Chen. I could use good receivers. I could use good a good linebacker. And this is what you do to me. And then you come to me when the whole team, as Jason Kelsey said, it's the whole team in the Super Bowl speech. The whole team sucks, including you, Doug. And you come to me and say, "Let me take this L from me, big big guy." Yeah. yeah. How do you come back from that? I'm, I'm not, and like I said, I'm not being apologetic to Carson once. I'm just being logistically as a person. How do you come back from that? I don't think you can. So I just think at this point he'll be in a coach uniform. Probably Bill Belichick will come get him. I don't know, but it, you just you're not going to sit there and say well, we'll use this as preseason for Jalen Hurts. He's going to get a preseason in. And you, you're our starting quarterback next year. Well, guess what? No, no. I think they are going to attempt to do that, and I feel like. Of of course, when, when when you fall into a hole, you look around. Everybody's looking around to place blame on somebody, but I think that you you always got to start at the, at the at the at the head. Everything starts from the head. And mm-hmm. to to go back to what you said about about uh, Howie Roseman when I asked you about Doug, I completely agree. I completely agree wholeheartedly. Is uh, Howie has been doing a, a a shit job for some years now. All right, yes. let's let's just let's get that clear now. Howie hasn't been doing so hot for a while now. Um, Thank you. And that's like with common sense stuff. Like common sense will tell you. Like I'm not an analyst, right? We're not right. an analyst. I don't. I don't sit there and just sit there and break down film the way they do. I do watch film, but not the way they do. Mm-hmm. My own eyes could show me you should never draft DK like DJ Thinkaway so or DK Metcalf. I don't need to see any like crazy film or. I don't watch time. film, and I, I seen like, that. 
it's, he's like he's messing up the common sense stuff. The common, common sense. sense stuff he's messing up. It's so wild to me. How do you do that? How do you make that? How do you make that decision? And honestly, even before he got hurt, I don't think Andre Dillon is going to be a good tackle. I'm sorry. He's not. He's <laughs> not. And he's a first round pick. Yeah. He's not. Yo. Yeah. I'm not even going back there. I'm not even yeah. going back there. Yeah. I'm just yeah. not even going back there because I almost went there. Common sense stuff. I'm like, I, the evaluation, whatever parameters you're using to evaluate receipt people in general, it's not. It's it's wrong. It's, it's not, not right. It's it's not. No. Howie Roseman has ranked in the bottom half. I'm talking about drafting and contracts of the NFL over the last ten years, according to ESPN. In the last five years, the Eagles have ranked in the bottom five out of ten in the league. Trash. Just a decade of medi- mediocre drafts and contracts. A decade. I look. At, I look. At, honestly, when I look at that, that makes me think of that makes me think of uh, of Jeff Lurie. Because at some point you got his friend. Yeah, but at, at some point you got to say, yo, what, if we got these numbers, Jeff's seen these numbers for sure. Mm-hmm. That, that action needs to be taken if I'm the owner. Whoa, whoa. And I don't know if it's because, Je- I mean, not Je- yeah, Jeff isn't a football guy like that, but I, I know he loves this team. Yeah. And he usually does right by this team. So I'm con- a little confused at why is this guy still here? Right. It's just, it's just nuts. And then they want to ask me, is it Carson's fault? <laughs> um, if you wanted to be, none of none of them make sense. We have no, he has no idea what the hell he's doing. He he is a he is the kind of guy who has a mold for a player, like metrics, speed this way, calf size this way, wingspan this way, and if it fits his boxes, then that's what he's drafting. The problem is your boxes are horrible. Your framework is horrible. You sat there and saw your thing white Whiteside, and you said, "I need to hide. I need a guy who can high point the ball because Alshon is old." So instead of picking better natural talent, you said, "I need a guy who can high point the ball." You saw Jalen Rager and said, "This team needs speed." So I'm gonna get this, a fast dude. You didn't evaluate this a better all around receiver. No shade to Jalen Rager, but. Jefferson's better than, was better than him in college. Statistically, everything else. And everybody you, knew it. Yeah, and everybody you devalued. You devalued straight up production because you wanted speed. Like I'm saying, he has types, and if you have types, like you're just gonna sit there and you're gonna draft that way, and it makes no damn sense. And it doesn't help the team out at all. You drafted you drafted Russell because you wanted a tall corner because teams were in a tall corners, but you didn't know how to use a tall corner. You didn't you didn't talk to your defensive coordinator about how to use a tall corner. So you have no idea. You got to the Jalen Hurts in second round, and your quarterback, your coach had no idea how to use him. Still doesn't know how probably now. We'll see on Sunday. Still don't know how to use him. You had these random random read option plays because he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. So you just it just it's a it's chaos. You admit you have put chaos across the board. That's what you brought here. Chaos across the board. And not and then you have players who nobody can use, not, not neither your coordinators, even your special teams coordinator. They fit to he didn't want to just like one side on special teams. Yeah, which was you know, supposed to be his like he thing. Play football. Matt he's... Collins was Matt Collins the uh we drafted a we drafted a gunner for special teams in the draft. Matt Collins, who's not on his team anymore. What is wrong with him? I'm just sorry, as a man, as for me, I'm just saying I would want to do something different. If I know my shit ain't working, I'm gonna change it. That's that's just me though. Who who knows? Let's keep let, let's keep going. Let's keep talking about Howie and the things he's done. He drafted Jalen Hurst in the second round after signing card Carson Wentz to a five year extension. You draft a quarterback in the second round when you have holes in your defense. You 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 don't Major. have any linebackers. You don't have any. Major. You, the, the only reason you have one cornerback is because you traded for him. Alshon Jeffrey, who has two catches in four games that he's been back in, and he's making twelve million dollars <laughs> this year. Howie, 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 Howie the baby, the bag, the Yo, Brinks remember, truck. Howie, I remember the year they won the Super Bowl and they were saying like Howie's the GM of the year. The things he's done. Oh my God. When, and then. It's also a shade when the players, great players, at by the way, good players, by the way, when they leave here and they talk ill about the organization, not the team, not the coaches, but the organizations, the the, the front office, the front office, a guy I respect. I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. Candace, you respect him. Yep. Malcolm Jenkins. So this is what Malcolm had to say. I gave everything I had to the city. Did everything the coaches asked me to do. Did everything the players around me, did everything to make the players around me better. Try to put my best football out there. And it just wasn't valued as much by those who make the decisions. For me, it was just more about principle and respect. I really didn't care about what the money was, but I wanted to see what respect what the respect factor was. And so decisions were made, and I ended up in a place where, where, where I'm actually valued. 
I yep. mad. I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at his comments because there's nothing wrong. It's all factual. Nope. I'm not mad nope. at, his, at his comments. It's all factual. Nope. I'm. Listen, and Will Parks is a Philly guy, but the whole this is 2020, not 2017 comment. Will Park, shut up. Okay, shut up. You were he hurt the first lying. six weeks you got here. He ain't but lying. For what? But so what? He, you no, you know what? The first six weeks you was here, you were, you didn't even play. Now, now Who's called Zed? Who's Zen? That's what, that's what I'm saying. You he was hurt. Here to be, he was hurt. No, we, but when he we got healthy, he didn't get extensive packaging until like the, the last game that he played with the Cowboys, whatever. Like he, why wasn't he on the field? I think cut him was just like a. We gotta make it. We gotta do something. Like it don't matter you, unless you cut a star. That doesn't matter to me. What does that matter to me? If the yeah. fifth person you talking to tells you I don't want to talk to you no more, I don't care. I got like four other people. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, like you don't. Cool. Like that's one. That's one left fake giveaway. Right. Give less a of a headache for me. Shoot. Like less so, it was like they tried to make some shock value. Cut somebody to spark the team. Anybody can cut. That's who just got here. Right. That does, not, that does nothing to the culture of your team. That does nothing to culture your team. And he's right. Yeah, the, and the, he, the, he might be right. Do you think this team has got a has a culture problem? A massive one. Massive one. A massive one. From top down. A massive one. Yeah. Agreed. Remember, I agree with that. Remember when um we used to get to annoy the Sixers back in the day when we couldn't stand them like eight months ago? Yeah. And <laughs> we used to be like, it's so annoying to watch the turnovers and how nobody seemed to care. Meaning and B would have a turnover, Simmons have a turnover, and it was just like it is what it is. They don't even care about losing anymore. It's like that's I a culture like issue. That's a culture issue. Now, do they get passionate in the game? Yeah. But the atmosphere is that when a bad thing happens, when we look stagnant, they don't even they, they walk on the field, they don't even care about losing. They don't. That's a culture problem. When people cool. leave your team. When a leader leads your team, who will probably end up probably in the Eagles ring of honor at some point, just because it's Malcolm Jenkins who won your Super Bowl, and says, I wasn't respected, I wasn't valued. That is, that's a culture problem. When, and this is not being Will Parks being salty, because he was raised from, he's from here. He's, a, he's an Eagles fan. Then he got, he got cut. But when a person who actually like roots for the team, regardless if he's on, on the team or not, says it's 2017, it's 2020, not 2017. That's a culture problem. When yeah. when I'm Travis Fogum and I know I'm better than that bum Alshon Jeffrey, but you playing him over me. When I'm Miles Sanders and I know I'm second in the NFL in averages per carry, but you're not giving me the damn ball. When you are, when I'm Carson Wentz and I carried your, I was the first quarterback in NFL history to pass a four thousand yards without not, without a thousand yard receiver, and you got the second round pick. You create a culture problem because. It's the same concept as Malcolm Jenkins. What is my value to you? How am I valued if I'm Miles Sanders? And I had a whole offseason where I, I slimmed down. I trained for 10 carries a game. For 10 carries a game. How am I valued? And I'm, and I'm, and I'm leading. Like you said, I'm leading the, the, the league in, in per An average is per, per rush. So, How am I Travis Fulgham? And I trained. I worked out. And I was leading the NFL when I started for you in catches since week six, in yardage since week six. And then a guy comes up the field and you tell me to sit down. How am I valued? Like Michael Jenkins, how am I respected? That's a culture problem. It is. It is. And that's breeds contentment. That's how you get contempt. That's how you get people out there saying your play calling sucks like, J- like Jason Kelsey. Because if, if they actually respected the coach more, it would have been on like, oh, we got all got to do better. He specifically said, you don't put an office together. That's, that's that, 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 Your office sucks. Yeah. It's the coaches. You don't know what you're doing. Is what he said. You don't know what you're doing. And when you're at locker room, it's halfway split. The young players are like pro jail. It shouldn't even be pro. It's pro jail and pro Carson. It should be all pro eagle. When you have even a split like that, it's a culture problem. Yeah, seriously, I agree. I agree. And and I I feel like now my my uh not my blame but my eyes are now more so on on uh Jeff and what yeah. he's going to what he's going to do next season. Cause, cause he can't. Cause I feel like it's so bad that you can't just look at the coach and say, "All right, we gotta switch the coach, or we gotta make a, a change here." You gotta make a change somewhere in the front office, bro. Mm-hmm. That, like you that's, gotta fire your friend. That's imperative. Like you have to make a. You have to make you a, get a change new in the scout staff in here. Everything. You have to overhaul all of it. Yeah. Why not? And I, I hate to even ask you this question, or even ask myself this question. I don't even want to have the thought. But we are at this segment of the show where we talk about the prediction for the Eagles' next game. All right, so we know they play the Saints, the number one defense in the league, the team leading the the conference. It's in Philly. We're starting a rookie quarterback. 
what, what do you, what's your prediction for this week's game? Can't you, think of anything more dumb than watching Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts with his trash team. I can't believe my man was get on their foot. I thought that watching the Saints play the Bron- Broncos a couple weeks ago was stupid. But because it's my team and we're gonna be we suck and Taysom Hill sucks. So I gotta watch an offense that's doing some read zone read nonsense until Kamara explodes and saves them. I, can't, I mean, I had to, I actually benched Michael Thomas every week my, my fantasy because I'm like I'm not doing this. <laughs> so the fact that I got to watch Taysom Hill versus our trash play calling and our trash offensive line with Jalen Hurts behind it and Alshon Jeffrey out there and probably Jordan Howard's twenty carries. Who knows? I can't think. My prediction is I'll turn it off within twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so they get score. Okay, at some point. They're going to get in the red zone because we suck and we can't tackle. And Sean Payton's a good schemer. They'll probably give us 24, 27 points on us because we suck defensively right now as far as the injuries and everything else. Uh, Jalen Hurts in the offense or whatever the hell we, whatever they claim to be, will manufacture like 13 points. 13? Whatever. I could care man. less. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell I you exactly what's gonna happen on Sunday. I'm gonna tell you exactly what's gonna happen on Sunday. You ready for this? Doug yeah, Peterson is gonna run the ball more times sure. than he's ran it all season. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, I'm not. telling you. I'm telling you. Miles Sanders is gonna have at least twenty carries this week. Jordan Howard to have probably another five, but the the, the results will not will not change. The, the Eagles are still going to lose. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the video. Pass in the first half. You're right. The <laughs> Eagles are still going up. to lose. And I think they actually give up more points than Kansas. said. I think they actually give up 30 points. Actually, I think they give up 32 points. They give up 32 points to they 17 They're going to score points. more points on us than Dan Rodgers did with yeah. Taysom Hill? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. They're going to, yeah. And the Eagles, to, to, to the Eagles 17. Are we getting two touchdowns? To the Eagles, 17. Wow. Yep. And so ultimately, what we are predicting is a loss uh, in Eagles who cares. Loss. And if you can, dark liquor, because why would you watch that sober? Come on. Or some or some green stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, we'll wrap it up like we did every week with the Bulletin's Board, which is the rundown, the events, and everything going on in the city, the latest news, everything else. And for people who want to drive past what's on the front of the new Sixers jersey, which is Boathouse Row. Um, you might want not want to get a jersey, but you can drop past there. <laughs> Bullhouse Road will be doing the holiday lighting, uh, starting with Hanukkah. Hanukkah actually starts today, and it's going to run through December 18th. The Christmas lights start t- December 19th, and it runs through Christmas Day, which is 25th. And the Kwanzaa lighting starts on the 26th and runs through January 1st, 2021. So if you want to go past the waterfront, or you live there, or you run there, or you just say, oh, I want to go take some cool Instagram stories, <laughs> now is the time, because it's lit up. Different colors for all the holidays and seasons. Massive publisher Condé Nast, which like owns all these top tier magazines, named Philadelphia as a top eight destination in the world this week. In the top destination 2020 gold list, the magazine lists Philly as one of the eight best destinations in the whole wide world to go and visit in 2021. The list includes DC, Peru, Kauai, Hawaii, Waikiki Island in New Zealand, the Amalfi Coast, Rome, and St. Bart's. So all this in the world, this massive publication magazine said, go to Philadelphia. And the reason the writer said go to Philadelphia is there's really something special about Philadelphia, about the way it doesn't care for pretense or about how anyone else thinks of it. One place I return both in daydream and reality is Fairmount Park because of the Fame Art Museum, the miles along pathway that traces and circles around the parts of the Schuylkill River. I think about the Italian market, small world vendors, about murals glinting in the sun. The digestible, digestible chaos of Chinatown, the essential, if flawed, sense of American history, the beautiful, dilapidated row houses, the spirit to the promise of equality we haven't reached yet in this country. Spirituality, spiritually, it's my city. So, this is, I guess, Philadelphia is one of the best eight places to go in the world. Who and what list was this? Who made this? Condé Nast. This is a massive publisher. They own Vogue. They own every. They own all of it. Well, they <laughs> <so> much. <laughs> they told us to go. Like that much. 
I mean, we live we live in the eighth best place to be in the world, apparently. Um, apparently. Why the fuck are we trying to get out there? Well, I'm trying to get out. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it, they did. She did. The glistening murals, that's true. We have the most murals out of any place in the world, Philadelphia. Oh, do we? That's actually pretty, pretty yeah. cool. I didn't know that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, so every, everything she said was in fact correct. Um, but it also was just really weird when you now you're walking around the city, you see people like taking a photo or something, you're like, You wanna take a photo of that? Because <laughs> you walk yes. this every day. Yes, like why the fuck are you taking pictures of it? <laughs> <laughs> like there are people there are people coming to Philadelphia in a panty. Like <laughs> it's a paramour pandemic, and I see people with tourists still taking pictures because I'm like, Y'all are visiting Philadelphia in a pandemic? They don't know no better. There's people that don't but know we had a top. It's a top eight place to to, to visit. That's I guess that, that got to be coming from these people. Must have been here one time, and they came and they must wait and have some really good food or <laughs> no. something. <laughs> Philadelphia is the most murals out of any city in the world. It's also the only world cultural city that's in the actual North America that mm. gets the last of going on in the city. It's just when you live when you it's like when the bar, when you in a relationship you don't see it. When you out of you like oh okay yeah we we got PPA. All we see is PPA. All we see is the seventy six BS. All we see is the soda tax and also the all of the nonsense. And so somebody else comes in here like, oh my god! <laughs> the Philadelphia City Council has approved the pandemic era Black Works Matter protections. Philadelphia City Council unanimously approved this, this bill. Three bills on Thursday, which is today, that aim to provide job security for thousands of hospi- hospitality sector workers who were laid off during the coronavirus pandemic and who would likely face more job instability as the recession drags on. The package of bills dubbed as the Black Works Matter Economy Recovery Package covers more than 12,000 tour- tourism industry workers, such as housekeepers, stadium food service workers, many who are black women. Historically, black workers have been disproportionately impacted by the economic crisis. Sherry Darius Faulkner a labor scholar at Rutgers University. Shout out. Mm-hmm. The unemployment rate in African Americans are you? There you already know, baby. <laughs> the unemployment rate for African Americans typically rises faster and stays higher than any other group of workers. The bill covers a range of job security issues that have come up during the pandemic and are expected to rise. Job security has been the focus of workers in other industries in the city, such as healthcare. Hospitals continue to change. Workers that get laid off and lose their protections they fought for. So this bill is to give twelve thousand tourism industry workers, like we said, housekeepers, stadium workers, food service workers, which are dis- disproportionately black, some relief on get- keeping their paychecks while this pandemic and recession goes on. So that's a good thing. Shout out to Tim stepping up. We'll see who gets the money and where's the money actually going to go to because you can never trust the man or the system. You know that. And speaking of the pandemic, Pennsylvania has implemented new restrictions today. Yes, they did. But it doesn't really matter because it's the same restrictions we already had. It's the same yeah, restrictions we already had. Cause I know people that yeah. was going to the gyms and stuff like, and just like other and restaurants. Yeah, I people yeah, going to restaurants. restaurants and Abington and everything else. Or, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm at Outback and Abington. Okay, not yeah. anymore. Not anymore, chief. Yeah, that shit over. <laughs> like it's over. <laughs> that shit over. Uh, for people who want to get out and stay, but stay in, you can go to the Philadelphia Drive at the Navy Yard. They are showing uh, Ma Rainey's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which stars, which is the last movie of Chadwick Bosman, by the way. So yeah. they're showing it on Friday and Sunday at the socially distance drive drive through movie theater, and also they're doing holiday classics like the Polar Express. Doctor Seuss is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and the Polar. Stri- if you go see the Polar Express, there's a donation because there's going to get some money and non-perishable food to fill the fill abundance, which is a great organization giving food to the homeless people in the city. So if you want to go to the drive-in. Oh. So that awesome. you can get out, stay in your car, you're not spreading anything. Also, what kind of forever? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, Shop Back Business Friday. In support of shopping with more than 130 black and brown owned businesses this holiday season, the city of Philadelphia has introduced a resolution to declare each Friday in December 2020 a Shop for Black Business Friday. So if you can and you're going to spend money this season in the holiday, every Friday in the city of Philadelphia, the city has declared is a Black Business Friday. If you can give back to that community, Get back if you're gonna buy gifts, or you can buy anything, you might as well buy black. Why not? <laughs> you might as well. So, that is a that is a rundown for the day. Bull House Row, lighten it up, Hanukkah style, Christmas style, and Kwanzaa style. Philadelphia, top it. eight. Philadelphia's top eight. Top eight. Nah, I ain't gonna lie, that <laughs> caught me off guard a little big, bit. I ain't big, like emoji, that big like emoji. They said, <laughs> Go to Hawaii, go to Philly, go to Rome, go to Philly. <laughs> what? <laughs> go to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> 
What the fuck? Who told him to come here? <laughs> Please don't come here. We got too much congestion. Don't bring your selfie sticks out here. We don't need. We don't need, need that. It's a panty. But we love our city, man. We love yeah. our city. It means yeah. the fly zone. No, it's not, it's not, I'm not saying don't come here. There's too many people here already anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need another person to ask me what a Rocky statue at. Girl. <laughs> I don't know. Say no. It's at 13th and Spruce. <laughs> 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 Philadelphia City Council also, like I said, the Black Works, Works Matter protections was going to place for tourism industry workers, housekeepers, stadium food service workers for the black community. If you want to get some entertainment in your life, you can go to Philadelphia Drive-In, see Mari's, Mari's Black Biome, see Polar Express, see How the Grinch Stole Christmas, get some hot chocolate, spike it in your car, why not? Why and also, not? shop Black Business every Friday in the month of December in Philadelphia is a Black Business Friday. To the 130 Black and Brown owned businesses businesses in the city, please go give your money and spend it there, and be merry. Yes, yes. be merry. This is episode 13 of the Fly Zone. You locked and loaded with the Connect and my co-host Candace R. McLean. Please Superpower City. Superpowers. December 21st. <laughs> Yo, be if I get a, if I get a if you never hear from the Fly Zone again, it's because I got a superpower. And okay? I'm not going to. A top eight place in the world, not Philadelphia. That's not Philadelphia. <laughs> exactly. I'll Peace. Peace.